As a Papuan Australian woman, I acknowledge that I am a settler on this land that I live, work and create on. I acknowledge there are ongoing native title cases on this land today due to the impacts of colonisation and I want to pay my respects to the many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples of this country and to their elders past, present and emerging. Hi listeners, thanks for tuning into part two of this episode with Sarai and Ruha. I hope you enjoy the rest of this conversation. Throughout the project, there's been a lot of lessons that we've, that, you know, we've learned and there's been quite a few reflections um, which we're developing at the moment to understand what those look like um, for the next part of what ACE may become. Um, so it would be hard for me to ask you what are the lessons that you have learned through ACE? So um, I'll rephrase that question and ask, what is the most surprising lesson that you've learned, one that you weren't expecting um, to find out during this process? I think, to be completely honest, um, and maybe it's not a lesson yet. I don't know, maybe, sorry, you can help me explain this. I'm not sure I'm doing a very good job. But um, I have to admit, too, that I didn't grow up here in Brisbane. I grew up in Tonga, and I came here just to study. And it's been very interesting learning about the reality of diaspora community as different from an experience of growing up in a Pacific community in the islands, um, to really come to grips with the tensions that exist um, between Indigenous people and institutions and, you know, even just underlying assumptions and all of those things, how they can really come, yeah, there's a lot of kind of um, sensitivities and requires extra consideration for, um for different people's views and perspectives and um, just seeing the project as, you know, it's not only about just making connections here, but really trying to actually reshape the relationships between institution and community um, and what that requires has been a really, I think, valuable lesson to be in a space to have to figure that out with others. Um, Yeah, I think that's one that really stands out to me. Yeah, I have to agree with um, the institution and community relationship. Um, I think the most surprising thing for me is, if I have to be completely honest, I was just thinking about all the talented Masifika artists that we have here in Brisbane Mm. and how only now we're really occupying space within the gallery um, and that's because we have insiders such as yourselves like Ruha and Moale and I think it's not surprising to me but I've just seen how important mm. critical that is um, because if we didn't have both of you working at the institution you wouldn't be able to connect um, to catalyst and community and bring everyone together um, to feel safe in such a space. Mm. Um, So I think that's something that's 
surprised me, but not surprised me. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's been really critical. And I just want to say big ups to you too as well for um, keeping an open mind balancing get working at the institution but also really trying to meaningfully engage with community mm. food um community and conversations it's funny because the more you do it the more you realize wow there is that you know you see that um the possibilities of kind of being able to give more space to that and i feel it is amazing to have a um an event that looks you know, I think the nature of often biennials and triennials as exhibitions are, they really are so conscious of, of engaging global, you know, it's all about the regional level, the global level of discourse and things. And it's kind of trying to translate how does, how does strengthen connection with local um, stakeholders, I guess in that actually enrich the contribution and then also to have the resources to give time. Like I think beyond while and I having Pacifica kind of connection and heritage as part of who we are, it was also just having two extra people <laughs> that had time um, to be able to do a little bit more. And I feel, yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I guess actually for this project, it hasn't been it hasn't been us that's made it possible. It's actually been working with a team of 10 people <laughs> that's made it possible, which is, um, yeah, and even then we kind of, with every project, I think a key reflection is, wow, we need full-time staff on this. We need like a full coordination team <laughs> supporting this. It feels so clear um, at every turn. So, Yeah. Yeah, I'm just reflecting on like um, the opening night as well and attending that. Yeah. How much pride I felt like just mm. being in that space and seeing um, Basifika artwork and the Basifika artists. Yeah. Like just, yeah, I felt really just proud to be a part of the team mm. uh, in any capacity. <laughs> it's just, um. yeah, it was just beautiful seeing all the artwork and it just made you feel some type of way. Mm. Yeah, I think what's really exciting about this APT as well, which has been um, mentioned a couple of times, is that the Pacific work takes up quite a large footprint um, in the gallery, which I don't think has been very common in, in previous APTs. And that's been mm. uh, really exciting to see just because of the way um, COVID has panned out. Um, the communities that we can engage with are often the Pacific community, um, hence the big mm. which is really exciting. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit on this concept of um, meaningful relationships, but also um, a lot of the time in our conversation we talk about um, making community feel safe. And I think that we um, know what that means, but for the listener that might be listening in and thinking, what do they mean by safe? Why is an institution not safe? Um, possibly. Um, what do you think? What What is it that we're not so much protecting community from, but what is it that we're trying to make them feel comfortable for? What is it about um, some institutions that sometimes feel unsafe um, for us to be in? Yeah. I think... Um, like over the years, I've just seen 
many barriers and challenges in things like access to the gallery. Um, so whether that be parking or just finding transport um, and also just walking into the gallery and seeing something that you can connect to. So mm. having the Pacifica artwork and artists makes you feel safe because it's familiar, mm. you know, and you feel connected to something in the gallery. Whereas before, before seeing Pacifica artwork, I would walk in, see different things in there, but I won't feel that connection um, mm. because I can't really relate. Although it's all beautiful, it's lovely seeing yeah. different designs and all that kind of stuff. But when you see Pacifica artwork, for me as a Pacifica person, I can really connect to that and that makes me feel safe. Mm. Yeah. It's almost there. Here, like finding those points of familiarity is such a big one. I feel, and that kind of comes out, I mean, even the whole, like, um, animal, you know, nature of just, I know we have that kind of fight or flight, and that's with the word safety kind of triggers that for me, is like, what makes you feel comfortable to really be yourself and feel like you can be a part of, you know, thriving in a space, you can really see that happening, it's that the conditions and that environment around you, and, you know, I think often you can come to a place as someone that comes from a very different culture than the dominant culture of this place and feel like, okay, you're looking around for cues of how to be, how to behave, you know, how do I behave in this space um, rather than feeling safe to kind of, you know, if, if what does it look like to um, appreciate art or if that's an artwork that you recognize and you just, all these questions come up of, um, or even it's just the opportunity doesn't exist to um, be able to spend and interact with that work and that knowledge in a way that you understand. It can feel just um, maybe that other way of safe is just a sense of like disconnect. I think Sarai said it too, of just feeling like a little bit out of place. And yeah, there's so much value in learning how to create the conditions that we allow people to um, be in a way that's that's true to their own um, upbringing. And so I think with ACE ways that we've tried to um, nurture that, it can be very simple almost in a way. It's like, it's actually really important for people when they come into a space and they meet to know, you know, not to kind of be able to introduce themselves and their family and know who they're with, like at a level that goes beyond name. It's really when we think about artwork for us to, um, you know, to be able to see it significant, actually it's about connecting it to stories and our own, to have that time to talk about how it connects to, yeah, stories and experiences and um, questions that we have you know, it's very odd to come into, like I know it coming through, I feel it, I guess, to kind of come and just stare at things on walls as art. Like I feel like that's not the most comfortable experience for um, communities that I've been a part of. And so it's how do you uh, create spaces that allow them to say, hey, there are other ways that you can, you know, experience art. You want to come and create a space outside to sit and eat with your family and weave and reflect on what you saw and then go back, you know, like this is a way that um, 
to enjoy the exhibition and some of the different things has been, I mean, you mentioned P, the Pacifica Women's Alliance is like intergenerational learning. How do we identify opportunities for, you know, can this be a space where elders have objects to be able to speak to, to, un, to really extract those stories that may be, um, and that passing down of knowledge that um, doesn't happen without having something that prompts it, something to speak to, or um, I guess even with um, Brisbane Tongan community or Salote Tawali, it's like actually involvement in making the art and allows us to connect in a whole different way, to have seen the journey, to understand the process, to know the people that made it, the artists, helps us to go into a space and really connect in a much deeper way. So, yeah, I feel like it's building off what Sarai said, it's trying to provide more connection than disconnection in a space, I guess. It's a bit of that. Mm. And what um, Wale said, like, we've been mentioning um, meaningful relationships and feeling safe. Mm. And I feel like, yeah, the two go hand in hand. So with um, engaging groups such as, the Pacifica Women's Alliance uh, with Pipwin, there are people connected to those groups that trust those groups and feel safe mm. those groups. So then when they see that these groups are part of um, a project with the institution, they feel safe enough to mm. end if that makes sense, um, because they have that trust with the certain groups and the certain artists and the catalysts. So everyone that's a part of it plays a role in that. Um, mm. And I think that already provides safety for them. Yeah. So I think that just shows the power of community and coming together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, certainly um, one of the things that I've seen um, since the exhibition has been opened and we've been taking people through is how overwhelmed um, but also happy but also sad but uh, like a range of emotions people are feeling when they see the labels that are in language. Um, mm. That's been a really interesting response um, to see the community um, look at these labels and just feel I don't know if the word is, uh, it's not honoured, but it's just feeling really um, happy and safe that mm. um, their language is on the wall and it's not always English as well. Mm. Um, and from that point, I wanted to ask you both, what is a project that you're really excited for communities to come in and see? Um, it's not necessarily your favourite or uh, it might be an artist project or it might be a particular activation space that is going to happen that you're really excited for community to learn about um, and, and see if it's an artist project. Um, so at the end of last year, we, uh, so at Pipwin, we run uh, an event called Creative Pacifica annually. And last year we had the opportunity to collaborate and partner with Ruha Mwale and the team um, at Kogoma. And it was a two-day workshop, an arts and wellbeing workshop, where we have artists come along and young people choose the space that they would like to learn from. So that could either be dance, song, um, art. So we were fortunate enough to uh, book a space at Kogoma. Um, 
and utilize that space and also have like a exclusive tour Mm. um, from Moale and Ruha and I would say about 90% of the young people that came along that was their first time at the art gallery um, which was amazing because now that they're it goes to that. Our hopes is that they continue to feel like that's a space that they can visit often and take their family and friends along. Mm. And also for us as organisers, we didn't know how to feel or how it would turn out because this isn't a space we usually book and mm. utilise. And, yeah, so we were just like, oh, not sure what to expect, especially with parking and transport and, um, yeah, there's lots of areas, so making sure that young people find the right place. So there was lots of logistical things that we had to consider. But I'm really happy that we did go ahead with it because um, I think for us it's showing that, showing young people that this is a space that you can come to, um, we do have people that work here as well, like mm. islanders um, that can help us book the spaces and um, help us navigate um, the system type of thing. It's, I mean, it's almost, it's, it's such a, if you really think about even with Pipwins, um, what was really exciting to me is that that's an ongoing thing, the Creative Pacifica that your team is driving and is learning about in the long term. And so to be able to see the potential And that I feel has been what we've been trying to identify. What are things that communities are already doing? They have a process that's going to be long-term that really feels like comes out of their own reading of the reality of this community. And how can connecting that to the works, to the event or the spaces um, around Pacific art help us to learn about things that it doesn't come as like a one-off, you know? And so for um, Pipwin space just to see and I guess it, it's almost on our part it's just an awareness of that <laughs> and then being able to remove some barriers that are actually quite um, it's easy to remove once you kind of just um, yeah if you can have that connection and know what the needs are so that was definitely exciting I feel like I've um, in a previous podcast, I've answered this question with highlighting just the Northern Oceania project and how exciting it was and just um, important it was to be able to expand consciousness of the Pacific that maybe gets the most attention here in Australia as being more South Pacific. There's such a diversity and the Air Canoe project, I feel, is a, um, a really important space to start to engage with that um the true diversity of the region um in a new way um but yeah i guess also to be biased and knowing that ace is actually also an apt10 project that is just doesn't have a physical space outside of the labels and language um i think for those that are have the opportunity to engage with the with what the community partners that um, are involved in the project, the spaces that they are making possible for community, I feel is a really exciting part of APT10 for me. So to be able to come in and to have um, have an experience that's guided by, by the community and um, can be part of helping us to learn about how to strengthen that moving forward. Um, 
yeah, I think is almost the most exciting. It's actually a bit, as now curatorial assistant, the balance of giving attention to curating the art projects. And then for even one project, I feel like I could have spent my whole time just thinking about community engagement around a single project. So it's very hard to find that balance between, um, Oh yeah, I mean for APT10, there's just so many different possibilities of how how it can um, connect, and so yeah, it's exciting to see that we are, we are beginning to explore some of those different possibilities. Can I also mention the project with Salo too? Um, I did have limited involvement with that, but um, time when I did visit Moale and the team. Um, in the process of building that. That was quite a highlight for me as well because I seen the way Yemuale was engaging with the community, um, providing things like food and mm. just taking that like traditional approach because if it was in like the institution, we don't really, like they wouldn't think of anything like that, doing anything like that. But yeah, Mwale had food ready and drinks and I thought that was really nice because um, it made them feel at home as well, building, because that's what we do back home. Um, and yeah, just seeing them build that, I think that was really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that um, particular project was quite funny because um, on the team there was um, Jonah and Sully um, who were both Fijian men and then there was Drew who was um, just a white Australian man. All of them were employed um, by Kogoma. And it was really funny because after, like, the second day, Jonah and Sully just knew that I was going to bring food. They're like, oh, yeah, like, she's just going to do it. Like, you know, pretty normal thing to do. Um, and still on, like, the fourth day of the build, Drew was like, you really don't have to. Like, it's okay. And I was like, oh, no, like, this is what we do. Like, it's this is um, what it means to engage with community. And um, he was like, in my entire career, this is never – happens like it's he goes it's really nice I feel like really part of the family and I'm like yeah you know it's yeah and I, I went home and I had a big reflection with my mom and I was like I just for us it's nothing but for others it means so much um yeah so that was like, quite a big reflection for me which was really nice to see um yeah, um, in the points that we've just brought up, we're talking a lot about, you know, what are the potentials, um, what is what is next? So my last question to you both is currently what is next for um, Pipwin, um, for ACE, um, and what are you looking forward to in 2022? Yeah, I think for Pipwin, what we're, what we're wanting to do and hope to continue doing is engaging with our young people and community through meaningful projects such as ACE as well and collaborating more with uh, different stakeholders and partners to deliver these projects and that's to also increase our database here in Queensland um, and another hopeful us is that we get to disseminate our research this year <clears throat> because within these last few years we've done a lot of projects but now it's just getting the information out there and hoping that um and holding accountable 
different stakeholders and service providers that say that they're going to use that data and information to implement change um, and following that up as well and just seeing real life changes. So, mm-hmm. and research is great, writing reports and papers, that's all great. But if it doesn't make change and doesn't actually, um, no outcomes come out of it that will affect community and young people directly, then it doesn't mean anything. Well, that's how I think of it. So I think this next phase for PIPWIN, which is disseminating the research, following up and ensuring that um, young people and our communities have the best opportunities possible. That's what I'm really passionate about seeing um, this year. Wow. I just want that for Pipkin. That's what I want. (laughs) 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 Um, But in connection to that, I feel, yeah, that kind of inspires me too to think about um, maybe seeing this as a project where we're learning about the value of um, capturing initial experiences and data and things, but really that intention to support some long-term change and like systemic shifts and things just to see that unfold and um, to work with this team to get it to that point uh, I feel like is what I'm looking forward to ahead Um, I didn't know how to answer that question so I'm glad you went first (laughs) and yeah I feel that's definitely something that I know is definitely coming um, for that space and I feel that maybe for as a hope, it's like um, to see the value in in collaborating more broadly. Um, I think the context is always tricky because I also feel that we're giving a lot of focus to Pacifica community in a place where Indigenous community also needs, you know, is uh, you know has has a lot of. I mean, this project for Indigenous community or alongside um, has also been on our minds for the people of the country that we stand on. So I guess in saying that, it's maybe even seeing where this learning is transferable to help that growing um, what we learn, have learned through this to also be something that supports other populations that may be, um, yeah, the learning of engaging Indigenous people or at least that um, maybe in the long run, there's kind of more focus given to this community engagement and to being open to considering new ways of doing it, but seeing its real value as well Um, and involving community to be the ones to design and be at the forefront of how that unfolds. So, yeah, I feel um, actually in our heart of hearts, it's been a hope that we're learning about with Pacific community because that's who, where we can, we can play that role. We are of that background and there is an opportunity, but also looking to see what's transferable. What does this learning allow us to also be able to consider more deeply or um, in particular, yeah, Australia Indigenous um, communities here who I feel need to go first. (laughs) Yeah. Altogether. 
yeah, lots of exciting things ahead for um, 2022, hopefully. And hopefully this project will reveal, I, I know that it will reveal um, things that can continue on as well. Um, well, that pretty much wraps up my questions for the both of you, but do either of you have anything else that you'd like to add? Um, yeah, or something that you just want listeners to think of as the episode comes to a close? Um, no, I just want to say thanks for the opportunity for having me on today. Um, I think, yeah, for creating these spaces as well to reflect and to just tell a noir because then, yeah, the process is great because then you start thinking of different things and ideas and ways. Yeah. <laughs> things. So I think it's been a great conversation and um, reflection time for us. Yeah, I found it so valuable too. It's really great, thank you. Oh, that's good to hear. Thank you both um, for your time. I really value the insights that you both have. Um, I'll pause this so you can all breathe. <laughs> Thank you again, Ruha and Sarai. Your insight and deep reflections are inspiring other individuals and organisations to re-examine their ways of engaging community. And I can't wait to see what the future holds once these recommendations and reflections are being implemented. As soon as these are online, I will be tagging them on my social media and on my website. So be sure to follow those. Thanks listeners for tuning into this mini series. I hope you enjoyed hearing stories from the 10th Asia Pacific Triennial.